You're listening to WCT.FM, talk radio like no other. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. You're listening to WCET.FM with the Supernatural Realm with your host, Tim Roxbury and Chip Reichenthal. Chip, how you doing there, buddy? Timmy, wow. It's a, it's been a, a definitely an interesting day, you know, and that's not going to stop because we've got fascinating, we've got two guests, right? Mm, yes, we I do. I mean, it's your show, so you got to <laughs> help me out on that. We got but, but our first guest... Is a former guest of, of mine and a very good friend. So very I'm cool. I'm really happy that she's along with us today. Uh, it's it's famed astrologer to the stars, Dana Haynes. Uh, she was actually Nancy Reagan's astrologer. Wow. Uh, for a long time. Yeah. I mean, and she is uh, fabulous and fascinating, and just uh, you know, I am so happy to be reunited with Dana Haynes today. Uh, we will say that she is an astrological expert because uh, it's uncanny how accurate she is. Um, she's done very good with uh, predicting uh, outcomes of games. So I don't know if she played March Madness or not, you know, last <laughs> month. <laughs> Have to ask her that. And a political forecaster. And boy, I, you know, she is so dead on with that, that again, uncanny is the word. Plus, she's a UFO researcher. So, I mean, how fascinating is that? You put them all together. And Dana actively forecasts subjects from planetary cycles and eclipses and solar storms to political situations uh, to inform her clientele and an online audience. And it's just she is such a spectacular person. So I'm so glad she's with us today on the Supernatural Realm, Timmy. That's awesome. I just uh, recently checked out her website and uh, what was awesome about her website was she actually has two bios, uh, a personal bio and a professional bio. And it was easier for my nephew to create a banner with, with a short bio uh, to fit on, a, on the uh, banner. So it was pretty, pretty nice that she had both of those bios to work from. So, uh, Well, that's, that's just wonderful, the... Uh, wonderful website, by the way. Yeah. Well, she is like a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, now, what did we start with? <laughs> right? Yeah. Where did we go from there? Dana, did you always know you were you were psychic or you had abilities? Um, actually, uh, an aunt of mine, which is an old story, was a teacup reader. And she had learned from my great aunts who traveled with the circuses reading wow. teacups. And uh, she was excellent. Uh, they all were. But um, I decided at eight years of age, I wanted to learn how to read the teacups. I thought it'd be natural having her teach me. And um, she said, okay, read my cup. So she, we had tea, we had cookies, all that stuff, and then we get to the cup. So I was eight years old. So it was all about Superman 
and um, Tarzan and Jane, telling how old I am, and um, <laughs> all those creatures. And I was reading them into her cup. And she wow. goes and looks at me and she says, oh, my God, you have no talent. <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset. So my mother was into astrology, but she did research. So I started to read all her books. I thought, I'm going to know what the future holds. And my aunt said, I can't read. Well, I'll show her. And so that's what got me into astrology. And then I started reading everything. I really, you know, found it fascinating. I kept getting deeper and deeper. And then suddenly I met, uh, in my um, early 20s, I met uh, two astrologers. And both of them were teaching pretty much the same thing. But the one in Great Britain uh, was a very elderly gentleman. I enjoyed his books. They were really different. And um, he taught the way that you should really set up charts, not the way everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. And so when I learned this one particular way to do the charts, suddenly everything changed for me because when I started to forecast – because I couldn't forecast before when I was doing it the other ways. And I tried every method, and I thought, this just doesn't work. I mean, it wouldn't stay in history forever if it didn't work. And so, I mean, then they'd be reading like psychics all the time. So I figured I had no psychic ability, so I'd better certainly learn everything about the planets. So I did, but I learned his method of setting up the charts. I'm now teaching it. But... um just do a very few, because I really want to be sure they're going to go on mm. and, and really forecast and forecast well. And so I started doing it, and suddenly I discovered um, that I could actually pick out what was going to happen, depending on whatever was being asked. And then one day, a sports figure asked me to go on his television show and would I uh, forecast the Grey Cup game in Canada. So, stupid me, said Jess, I'd never done a game in my life. And so, he puts me on with a sports forecaster and three football players. One of them was him. Wow. And um, he puts me on to pick the Grey Cup. And the Grey Cup was in two days. So, I had done all the work. And I thought, boy, I'm either going to make it or I'm really going to fall apart on this show. So I was a cute little blonde then, and so I'm sitting there among all these big hunks of guys, and they all had, and they interviewed every one of them first, right? And so um, they all picked the team opposite of what I was going to pick, and they said it was going to be a big score difference, and it was going to be a high score, and so it was something like 20-something points or whatever it is, you know, going to be more with these guys winning and I thought, oh, boy. So we go to commercial, we come back. And he said, well, now, Dana, I want to hear what you've got to say. <laughs> oh, boy. So I started, to, and it, it was a call-in show on television. So oh. I oh, boy, I'm going to get it good. So anyway, I said, well, look, I did all the planets, and this is the way the team's going to react, both teams. I told what the teams are going to react, not the score yet. And then I said, um, um, this way the crowd's going to react. This is the way the coaches are going to react. And so I described the whole thing, and I said, but I'm sorry, guys, it's only going to be a three-point spread, and I picked the other team. <laughs> and wow. 
the game came two days later. And and by the way, everybody phoned in and told me, you stupid blind. You don't know I said, well, I don't know anything about the game, but they let me know. I really didn't know anything. So anyway, I went to a restaurant. I was smoking a little short Havana cigar, trying to look cool. And um, the game was going on. All of a sudden, we get the final finalization of the game. It was my score totally. It was only a three-point spread. It was my team. And I just like, wow. <laughs> and so from that point on, all the gamers wanted to know everything I thought. And so I really got into sports, every kind. Um, Vegas didn't like me too much. But uh, <laughs> uh, they finally liked me when I wrote a book about gaming on ast- astrologically. So then they invited me to go talk to all the gamers but other than that, they didn't like me. So it was kind of fun because I could actually pick um, the first four horses in a racehorse. Wow. And so I, you know, would I make a lot of money? You haven't seen my chart. It's <laughs> never do it. You know, I tried to do the first horse race I ever did. And the problem was that I was at a cottage and I knew there was a bookie on the line when I drew up this race, and it was way before the race. So I thought, I'll get this bookie. I'll run to his home wherever it is and give him some cash because I knew this one horse was going to be a long shot, and it was going to come in. I just knew I was right. And that damn horse came in 25 to 1, and I picked it by its name because it showed uh, candy and it showed royalty. So the horse's name was Royal Chocolate. And it was the biggest long shot. And so I would have have bet my whole bank account. That's how sure I was. I couldn't get the bookie. There was no one around. And there was was no cell phones at that time in the races. So I couldn't call one of the betters and say, do this, you know. And um, I I didn't make any money, obviously. That stupid horse came in. (laughs) Well, at least down. the horse came in, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it just let me know that I could do those things. But after a while, you get tired of doing them. So the problem was I just didn't want to keep doing it all the time. But I became known as a gaming astrologer. And so a lot of people have driven to meet me just so they can get the lessons uh, on how to pick the, the sport, whatever it is. And um, it, it was fun, you know, it was fun for a while, but it's... It's where I'm. I just like to do my clients, mm-hmm. and and then I like to write about astrology, and um, so I do a lot of writings, and I've done a lot of shows. I've done a lot of television shows. I had my own shows on radio, and and so you know, you, I like it when I'm on radio because when the people are sitting there listening, one show, one of the shows I had. <laughs> I was sitting there, and it was a call-in show, and I'm talking away, and I'm, I cover everything. I do entertainment. I do um, politics. I, I do what your life is all about, you know, right around this time. And um, I just covered everything I could think of in this hour, and then it became two hours. But this, this show, uh, the very first one out in Palm Springs, I'm sitting there, and I'm wondering – because in L.A. when I had shows, I had callers all the time, right? But in this show, nobody was calling. And I thought, does the signal go anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not coming. And so I thought, 
boy, I got to keep talking the whole hour. (laughs) Anyway, I, I finally, I finally said to them, I know you're out there. I don't know why you're not calling, but at least breathe heavy on the phone. (laughs) So then they started to call and I said, why didn't you call? You know, well, it was so interesting. We were just listening. (laughs) So I've had a lot of fun. And but I enjoy it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's it's a subject matter that is very close to me because I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's I isn't like I meet a new date or something and I'm analyzing. Them. They always think I'm analyzing them, but I I you know I first have to even like you before I even ask <laughs> before for you analyze you. But it's fun. It's interesting. It's hard sometimes mm-hmm. because some of the questions that people ask you, you have to really be careful in how you answer mm. because you have to know that they can accept what you see. Right. You know, especially when it's something sad or a health issue. Um, you know, nine eleven. Um, I got four years before it happened. Wow. And I kept getting it. And how I got it was because I kept seeing it in so many clients' charts. Either they lived in New York or they traveled to New York quite a bit or Washington. So I kept seeing this event coming. And I thought, I've got to analyze this more because it was the exact same time frame. Wow. So when you see that, you know that something big is going to happen. But you don't go and forecast it because nobody's going to believe you anyway. Right, exactly. <laughs> like you're just going to say, oh, there's another nutcase coming. You know, and so it's, it's where the people, I always had tapes. I did the show um, the Friday before it happened, and I warned everybody. Uh, here in Palm Springs, I did a show. And, I, and she said, you're not going to say that. I told her what I was going to say. She said, she don't say it. And I said, well, okay. So I went on air. So I said it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because it was going to be a big event. I wanted people to really stop and think about getting in an airplane. Right. And so. Yeah. Saving lives. On tape. My clients have it on tape, you know, from, from four years ago right. prior to the event. So. When you see things, you want to really get out there and say, don't do this. But, you know, they don't believe you. Right. They don't believe you until it's too late, until it happens. It's too late. And and so then you have to say, well, you have to say the people that are hearing it, they're the ones that they're going to take note. And they're probably not going to fly. And hopefully you save them. The ones in New York. Um, they weren't working in those two buildings. The one was working right beside the Twin Towers. Wow. And when it started to go down, he thought of my tape, which had been written, um, had been taped four years earlier. And so he just thought, oh, my God, she's a witch. You know, and <laughs> oh. he thought as he sees this happening. Wow. And, and I said to him, you still have the tape? Really? He said, yeah, it's in my desk drawer. He wow. said, all your tapes are. So it, it's where he won't do a chart unless he gets a tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
when he's updating, you know. Right, right. My clients stay with me only because it is accurate. Mm -hmm. And and that means that, you know, it's just telling me what I'm doing works all the time. So it's led to quite a career. I worked with scientists, I've worked with doctors, I've worked on surgeries, I've worked on um, criminal cases, I've worked on um, just about everything I can think of. It, it got me into UFOs, you know, I met Dr. Hynek wow. uh, with a group that um, was uh, investigating many different things, and they decided they would like to do UFOs. So Dr. Hynek was around town in Toronto, so he came over to our large building that we did all our investigations in. So he, um, for some reason, he took a liking to me, and he actually taught me uh, how to spot the UFOs, what to ask, what to do, and... Um, he gave me his card and said, call anytime, you know. So it was like I could call him and, and say, we've got this, we've got that. What do you think? But um, they always sent me out on what they would call the nutcases because um, these are the people you're not supposed to believe, mm-hmm. the people who actually went on board a spaceship. So that was the third kind. And so I really liked doing it because these people really did have the experience. And and in some of my radio shows, I used to always devote an hour to a half hour, depending when, um, to um, just UFOs. So I would get so many people coming in. And and, um, there were so many stories out there, but the, the majority of them were really true. It wasn't just a spot in the sky. Wow. Those are the hardest to identify. But, um, you know, you just know that that's doing something weird up there. And uh, it's it's better when it's more like the third kind. And there have been a lot of people who have had experiences. And you know that they're not telling t- stories. Right. Did you, watch, did you watch Project Blue Book? And in your opinion, do you think they um, portrayed Hynek in the right light or... There was some untruth to it. You know, he was very, um, I think there was a lot of truth to it. Okay. And the way they depicted him. Right. Um, some of the stories were a little, a little more exaggerating because it's television and they're right. not really claiming they're the truth. They're just, right. Based on. They're just sort of truth. saying it's like based on. Mm-hmm. And so that gives them a lot more leeway. But I found it interesting because um, he sort of mimicked the gentleman playing Heineck, he sort of mimicked a lot of what um, I saw Heineck doing wow. in conversation. Wow. And, um, well, he uh, was a Game of Thrones guy, so, you know. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it was very, very interesting. It was, I really liked him. Uh, I enjoyed talking to him. I, I, I found him very interesting. He actually told me about... Uh, and I figured out which one it is in his book um, that he wrote because he told me I did mention it in the book, but I didn't say it was me. And I said, well, why didn't you say it was you? He said, well, I just really couldn't. I said, do you think you're breaking some sort of code or something? I said, I think it would be interesting if you said it was you, you know, that saw these 
outside the airplane as you're flying along. And um, he said, well, I just didn't mention that it was me because I thought it was better for the book that I didn't say it was me. Right. So I finally got to that point in his book where I read it and I thought, this is the point he was talking about when he was telling me about his seeing a UFO up close. Mm-hmm. And and it was just outside that airplane window. And it was just sort of coasting along with the airplane. And it just kept staying there and staying there. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, way it goes. And uh, it, it was very interesting to him because on one hand, he played the, he, he played the skeptic. But on the other hand... Um, he really did believe that they were out there because he saw too many things in all of the investigation with the Blue Book, but also with other projects that he was involved with. Yeah. And so I think there were a lot more, even after he, he quit the Blue Book, he told me about the men who replaced him. He just he told me about what was happening with that man and um, that he was replacing him in the investigations. So don't tell me the investigations aren't there. Right. As they still go on. In even though they say they don't I don't believe them one ounce. Right. I mean after Roswell you don't believe anything but <laughs> uh, yeah. except how awesome weather balloons are, you know. Yeah. They're everywhere the, suddenly. The threats that they made to the people that they were going to be killed if they talked about anything. I mean, come on. You know, people are more intelligent than that. But, well, some days I don't think they are. <laughs> not they, they. That depends on the day. <laughs> Nowadays, I'm not so sure. But it gets worse then. with time. <laughs> Chip, you got a question for Dana? Oh, boy. Uh, well, if it's any consolation, you know, I had a tea leaf reading once, you know. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't tested on my ability, you know, I just, uh, my sister brought me to a psychic and she was a tea reader and she told me that I was the messiest tea drinker she'd ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have any forecast for me. Oh, just gosh. that little dig there. Uh, my, so my if that's aunt, any consolation. My <laughs> aunt was so good. I mean, she'd say something and it would, it would show up always within three months. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't see them anymore. You are palmists or, or uh, tea readers, you know. Or uh, the psychometric, you know, the people that hold an object in their hand of yours and tell you about it. You know, I just, uh, it's its harder and harder to see those kinds of psychics these days. And I miss them, you know. <laughs> well, they're you know. fun. Yeah, you know, right. I know a lot of them. I knew one young woman who has since passed away, but she knew she was going to die young. And she died in her early 40s. Uh, leaving two young children and a husband, but she actually told me when she was going to pass. Wow. And um, anything that I had, because uh, as soon as I find a really good one, I know that a lot of my uh, clients like to confer with the psychic, so I would I would introduce them to her. And she never knew she could do it over the phone, so mm-hmm. I taught her how to do it over the phone. Oh. And... So then I could get my clients anywhere to call her. And I was going to do quite a bit of business with her. So I told her, well, you just can't die because they've got all this other business dreamed up that we could do together. And I really got her very enthused. But then all of a sudden, she became ill. And uh, there was just no no saving her. 
Mm-hmm. She ended up dying of cancer, and it was very, very fast all through her body. Oh. But well, at least it was quick. When she was in a coma for three months. Three months. Uh, she came out of the coma, and then the, the hospital decided to just send her home to pass away. And so I was trying to help her at that point because I knew an excellent person who could probably help her. But um, she came and the first thing she did when she got home is she insisted on calling me. And she said, I just have to tell you, I'm writing everything down that happened to me in the coma. But there was an old woman who was teaching me while I was in the coma. And she told me I was going to pass. And and I kept telling her, I don't want to. Can I change it? And she said, no, it, it's coming. But she said, we'll let you go home for just a little bit. But there was a whole group of people. We're talking hundreds, hundreds of people walking by the two of them as she's being taught. And these people signaled her to come and join them. And she looked at them as, as they're all walking by, and, and she said, no, I'm not going to join you, you know. And they kept walking, and she said, she said to the old woman, she said, and who are they? She said, they've all just passed, and um, they're going to where they need to go. And so she said, that's why you didn't, you know, join them. Mm-hmm. And so... She then was told a bunch of other things. I didn't learn everything that she was told. But the little bit that she gave me on the phone at that moment was she said, everything you had forecast in the future, Dana, because we had talked a great deal about what's going to happen down the line here. And she said, it's going to come true. And you're right on the money. So keep going the direction you're going because... Um, you actually see what it's going to be. And she said, that crowd is in the future, and there's going to be a massive loss of life. And she said, you are going to know exactly when and where and what's happening. Wow. So I, I do sort of know, because I've been saying this like forever, I haven't exactly picked this spot where this is going to happen yet, but I'm I'm almost there. But it's where um, things can change. And I never did get her notes. She wrote them down, but her husband wouldn't send them to me. Oh. So, because um, he didn't like psychics. Yeah. And, um, and so I don't know what she saw, but I do know that I do know okay. <laughs> what's coming in. And and so it's not where, you know, it's not like 12 years from now, as the politicians, supposed politicians are saying, the earth is ending. Forget it. Um, <laughs> it's not going to end. It's not going anywhere. Um, not yet. Not for a long time. It's just that people do dumb things mm. and stupid things. And so hopefully they don't do them. I don't <laughs> need to be right on this one. Yeah. And um, I, I hate to see the way the politics are going right now because they're just arguing. They're not, not getting, getting down to business. Yeah. And I see that they're not going to get down to business. 
And I, I really feel very sorry for this country. I feel very sorry for Canada. They got Trudeau in there. There's oh. another one. Um, yeah, he's under some uh, trouble, yay. some scandal at the moment. Yay, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, only because he's going to go down. Um, and he needs to. He's not a politician. He's just a, a pretty boy taking photos and wearing crazy socks. <laughs> and uh, he's ruining Canada. And I, I really do not like that. I've done his chart since he was born. I did his father's chart before that. His father didn't like me because I did his chart. And I always was on television saying what he was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> And well, I was right. <laughs> and he did not like it. He tried to hire me at one point, um, but I managed to escape him as he's coming over to be introduced to me. And I just did a pivot and went to the ladies' room and said, how long do I have to stay here <laughs> before he disappears? Um, it was a big event, and he did disappear. He would have looked very odd standing there for a long period of time. And so um, finally, when I came out of the ladies' room, he was gone. And then I did a couple more shows. One time I compared him to an elephant. And um, and I then said who I would vote for. And I put him in the jackass category because um, I was comparing American politics to Canadian politics. And I said, well, Thicke would definitely be a Republican. And, yeah. and Trudeau is... A liberal, so he had to be a Democrat. So if I was voting, who would I vote for? Was a bomb in there too? <laughs> so in Canada, <laughs> in, in that jackass <laughs> category. <laughs> oh, right. But um, you know, it's it's where I enjoy politics mm -hmm. because it gives you so much to talk about. Mm -hmm. But I, I would really like it to be nice. Yeah. And, and I would like them to do good business. And they just don't. And then the people are never sure what is going to be the final outcome. The only thing I can say is when I do the United States chart, mm -hmm. it actually looks very good, despite what's going on. Okay. And I don't see the money going down the tubes. I don't see, you know, a big issue with the stock market. I mean, every now and then it goes like, whoops, goes down a bit. Whoops, it goes back up again. But um, it, there isn't going to be anything that we need to worry about uh, over the next few years. Okay. So um, I will present the other few years later on down the line, but <laughs> it, it's where um, I really see the economy increasing and increasing. There's some businesses that are going to have problems mm -hmm. um, because they just aren't doing good business. Right. And um, if they're cheating at all, they're going to be discovered. And if if they do anything really negative against uh, a major populace, then they're going to be discovered. So, I mean, it's some of those are going to go down. Some of their stocks are going to plummet because of their bad decisions. But it's not going to take the market down. Okay. Might do it like for like an hour while the people think about it, then it goes back up again because then right. they oh, well, buy in is low, right? And then maybe they shouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> right? But, um, I don't see any major, major issues. There isn't a war starting, there's always that threat because right. there are always that threat. 
they want to start another one. Um, they're constantly trying to start another one. Um, it's not the timing, not yet. The, the country is in actually quite a good stage. So um, whether they want to believe it's Donald Trump or not, that's up to them. But I see Trump as very good for the country, making a lot of changes, but we need changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as we have changes, you're going to see those things quietly, not, not always quiet because sometimes he <laughs> talks too much, but um, it's, it's where he needs to tweet. He's informing us what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like his language, so what? Um, I don't really care what he says. I, I care more about what he does. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't see him being negative for the country. He's not going to start a war. Um, it's, he's not going to rip the economy apart. Um, he might take down the health care plan of Obama. But, but, you know, he'll replace it with another plan. And he, he always states if he's going to do something, you know, it sounds like I should go and and uh, um, write his scripts or something, but um, it, it's not that. It's just that's what I see. I do not see it as a, a major problem to the country. The major problem to the company country is the media. Exactly. The, they are not journalists anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the odd one that's a journalist, but you got to go hunting down the guy <laughs> to find out that he actually writes. But um, it, it's the media is is um, bought and sold. Yeah, exactly. And when they're not bought and sold, they have really weird ideas. Mm-hmm. I mean, to bring in socialism coming from Canada, you know, it's where I can I can tell you even a hint of Canada in having socialism under Trudeau, uh, Pierre Trudeau. Um, he was a communist. And so there was a real hint of socialism all the time. And he took down the health care system. He took down the farmers. He did so much wrong that um, I just think, well, you kids, where are you getting all this stuff from? All these teenagers and the people in your universities, where are they getting it from? They're getting it from the media. They're getting it from the Internet. And, and they're getting it. Uh, from obviously parents who maybe were hippies a long time ago, but you know it's where they're still hippies, and so it's where they they just didn't grow, they just didn't see that this was a really a change time for the country. I think and I think so, that's where a lot of the problems started was with the hippie generation. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. Oh, now, 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 you two. <laughs> I've got a couple of them living across the street, and when I see who they think they're going to vote for, because they're on my Facebook page, I just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Please read the news. My mom. <laughs> I don't mean the yeah. news news. I mean, you know, get with it. Yeah, from, yeah. from like uh, uh, Great Britain or something. <laughs> yeah. oh. about the only accurate news you can get is from somewhere outside of the country. You know, otherwise, it's vitriolic on one side or the other, you know. Yeah. My mom, my mom was born in 46, and she has a younger sister that was born after her. And she always tells me that's that's the generation that started all those problems when Elaine was born. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> well, it was yeah. either concerts or, concerts or pot, you know. 
And and so many of them today are so thrilled that that pot is now legal in in Canada. Well, it doesn't help their brain power. Um, <laughs> it it's where that's what Trudeau got elected on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was going to put in pot legally. He took a long time, but um, they were thrilled. Now, hopefully, they just go and smoke that pot and don't bother to vote because <laughs> um, we need to get rid of him. And um, it's it's where here certain states have pot, certain states don't have pot. Um, I'm not in disagreement with pot. I think that some people really need to be relaxed by it. Right. Some are using it for medical reasons. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's fine with me. I don't. I just hope that they use it well, when when you know they, they don't get out of hand in any way. Right. So it's it's where I am concerned about the votes, um, but I still think that Trump has one heck of a chance getting back in. I haven't done the chart yet, <laughs> but because of about the twenty that think are going to run for the Democrats. There isn't one yet that I would pick out. (laughs) I do their charts all the time. I've done Biden. Forget it. Uh, I've done, um, oh, I can't even remember. That Camilla Harris. Oh, Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it. Um, There's there's others that Beto. I don't like his chart either. Um, And Sanders. Oh, I know up in Yucca Valley, California, he's got a lot of fans, but they're old hippies. And um, they just go for him. They believe the whole socialist crap. But the thing with Bernie Sanders is he really promotes communism mm-hmm. and he really is all for it. God help us if he even gets a few votes. Um, he claims he's getting the most money. I don't see him winning. Oh, so he true. may as well waste and just take the money and run. And um, and he probably is, but um, it's just I I I don't see a really good candidate yet. Mm-hmm. From that if there side, is yeah. one, then he's got the damn Democrats to deal with, mm-hmm. and they're just too angry. You know, too angry. They got to quit it. They got to get down to business. Mm-hmm. You know. It's it's where I see the Democratic Party on the verge of collapsing, mm. and that's astrologically. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. When I talk about all these people, I'm thinking of their charts, sure, people sure. running through their uh, signs all the time. If I had, if they wanted them, I'd give it the signs. But it's um, when I do them, I just think, what is the Democratic Party doing? It's no longer the Democratic Party. Not the way we used to know. Exactly. Hey, Dana, are you familiar with Dinesh D'Souza? I'm sorry? Are you familiar with Dinesh D'Souza? He's an author. He wrote The the Big Lie, uh, Exposing the Nazi Roots of the American Left. But he he came out with some really good books. Oh, really? I'll have to look him up. Because um, The Big Lie. Okay. I'll, I'll take a look at that. Yeah. Because, I have a, go ahead. Yeah, I have a go couple ahead. of his books, and they they really point out, you know, what what their party's all about and the roots and stuff. And you mentioned it um, that the, that party is not what it used to be. It didn't start out mm-hmm. like this. So. Well, 
I know that there are some negativities with the Democratic Party in the beginning. Right, they were. Um, and um, they certainly haven't veered very far from those negative That's things. That's very true. They are still there. And um, it, it's where they just don't tell you. They just lie. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, there's so many people that really, you know, if they don't agree with the Republicans because we only basically have two choices here at the moment, then they would go to the Democratic Party. But when the Democratic Party isn't telling you the truth about their roots and where they're coming from, I get very upset. And I've dealt with Democrats. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with the people running. And I've dealt with Republicans. And um, I like the Democrats I've met. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to rule. (laughs) (laughs) But... Um, I, I, the Republicans I've met, I mean, obviously I know the Reagans Mm -hmm. and, um, I worked with the Reagans. I didn't work, uh, during, I mean, I worked during the White House years, even though, um, uh, Joan, whatever her last name is, I can't even remember. That's how much I remember (laughs) astrology. What's her name? Uh, Joan Quigley. Oh, okay. Uh, she was. She said she was there during the White House years. Certainly, she was talking to Nancy all the time. She wasn't talking to the president. She was talking to Nancy, and so um, I always wondered why she missed the president being shot because he was born in a year that astrologers are born. He was um, brought in in a year when all astrologers know that they're very susceptible to dying in office, especially oh. through assassination. Right. It's called the zero year. And oh. so I wonder why she didn't make any difference with the president, because I was working with Nancy, but I was sort of like the secondhand shop, you know, you go to and you just go, I'll get another opinion. Right. <laughs> and so Nancy would call me after the fact, or if she couldn't get hold of Joan. And so um, I, I would give her the answers through a go-between. Because mm-hmm. we hadn't met at that point. And until um, the president was shot, I, I had their charts. I did their charts. I had them ready to go just in case mm-hmm. she wanted to know something. But um, when the president was shot, she called me right afterwards and um, I was doing a show in L.A. at that time. And so I had to have my engineer do the show because she wouldn't get off the line. <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk to you now. And I realized I had heard the president had been shot. I was, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. And so I didn't know why Quigley hadn't warned them. And so um, she wanted to know did she have to worry? One, was he going to live? Two, uh, would he be shot again? Would we have to worry about this or any other assassination attempt? And so I, I had, thank God I had read the chart the night before. Mm-hmm. So I said, no, he's going to live into old age. You never have to worry about another attempt. <laughs> and um, he'll be fine. He's going to come out of this fine. I didn't go into anything else because, one, I didn't have time. But um, I made sure that she was comfortable with what I saw. 
And people had been telling her how accurate I was, so that was one reason she was comfortable. So then I went and did the show. But then after that, um, when Joan and Nancy had the um, discussion on the phone about what Joan was going to do, which is write a book about her years in the White House, um, Nancy was furious because that that is, for one reason, jo- uh, Joan would end up saying things that were personal. And the other reason is astrologers are not supposed to go ratting on their clients mm-hmm. because you don't need to tell everything that you've done. Right. But she wanted to be known as a White House astrologer, so she wrote the book. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, from having read her book, and I, I've just recently read it. I, I didn't read it for ages. I asked Nancy if she read it. She said no, but I know she read it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I could tell. But she hired me afterwards and as the only one. Wow. And other people were claiming that other people were doing I... her, but they, they weren't. Mm-hmm. And so I worked her for, with her in total of 32 years before she passed away. And um, I didn't realize it was that long. I thought it was about 29. Then I thought, when did I first really start talking to her and doing stuff? And I thought, God, there's a few more years to be tacked on. But um, it, it's where she's a, a lovely woman. I liked her. She, they were very much a couple. And um, there were things that I had, have seen with her that, uh, the woman was just amazing, especially when she went through the Alzheimer years uh, with with uh, Ronnie. And it was very difficult for her. But people were just amazing. I would see her. We'd go out to dinner and um, we would be doing different occasions and, and we would sit there and then she'd get up to leave with the, the people that uh, make sure she's safe. And... Um, People would stop her, or they'd, they'd want to come up to the table, but they they were polite enough not to come to the table. But when she got up to leave, they would literally get up, and the p- table she had to walk by, everybody was trying to stop her because they just wanted to say how um, concerned they were for the president and how, you know, how is she doing? I mean, they wanted to know, and they were very, very nice. Um she was stunned at the um, lineup of people all along the roads when the funeral was taking place. And um, she just she said, I know he was liked. I mean, she always referred to her husband, you know. I know he was well-liked, but, but she said, when I saw all the people just literally stop the cars and get out of their cars and bow and wave and do everything in respect to the president. She said, it was, it was so wonderful. She said, I just didn't know if, if I could keep myself together, you know, during the funeral. Right. And uh, it, it, was, it was quite wonderful. It, it, there are so many stories and the only, I am writing a book, but I'm not telling the tales. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could write what we went through, you know, all the years and I'm only skimming over a, a few things that uh, I know Nancy would approve of because I actually spoke to her about it. But it was like 
if I'm writing a book about you, I'm not doing a tell-all because it's nobody's business what's going on in your life. Right. Did they ever but tell it, you? Did they ever talk to you about their UFO encounters? No. 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 The president, um, once he left the White House, it was, you know, actually. He kept going to the office in the beginning, but he was really getting into the Alzheimer stages. And so it, he just didn't talk about anything, you know. And Nancy, I never brought it up to Nancy. Mm-hmm. I figured uh, she's got enough trouble coming in the door All right. with the Alzheimer that I just never asked her about, what do you think about UFOs? You know, Because I know like, they had an encounter at one point when they were leaving a party. Mm-hmm. When they were in her car, I just wondered if you know. That's why I asked if you, if they ever no. mentioned about that. No, no, we never got into that. It was basically what's going on in their lives mm-hmm. that we were doing, and um, it, it was and, and the lives of the people that really were uh, they were concerned about. You know, different friends and like you know, she would ask me about Merv and. Uh, the only and and I would tell these things in my book because these things are funny things. But we went out to um, lunch one time uh, for Merv's birthday and Nancy's birthday, and we were at Merv's hotel in uh, Beverly Hills. And so we're eating all this food. Of course, Merv and I are having dessert. She never has dessert, you know. <laughs> she just sort of sniffs over the dessert, but she doesn't touch it. And um, um, we we uh, had this nice party and it was really fun. It was during during lunchtime, and so then a couple of days later, Nancy called me up, and she said, "You really need to call Merv." I said, "Why is he in trouble?" <laughs> she said, "No, but you have to tell him to go on a diet." <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't think it's worth me calling him for that. (laughs) 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 But we had some fun times. We had some, you know, fun situations that um, are not really telling tales about anything to do with astrology because it developed into quite a friendship. And um, there's a lot of stories that I can tell on her that people will really relate to. Especially during the uh, Alzheimer time, mm-hmm. I mean, there was just so many things going on, and um, but it it was, um, it, you know, for me it was like a kid from Canada suddenly doing the first lady's chart. That's I mean, incredible. Like, oh my god! <laughs> right. It's it's where you don't realize, you know, they're, they're just ordinary folks. Mm-hmm. You just have to be in the right position. And uh, but they were very down to earth. They, they seem nice. like it, yeah. From what I've seen yeah. on TV, yeah, yeah. I really like them. Um, it, it's um, it's where I've met other politicians that um, I've worked with, and some I haven't worked with, but I've met them because of where I end up going uh, socially, and and I just. There are some of them you just don't want to meet again. Yeah, was he one of your one of your favorite presidents? You think? I think so. Um, you know, I like a lot of them, but um, <laughs> most of them are dead now. <laughs> 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 but 
but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's you know, I mean in Arizona I picked Bush when he was George when he was running. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew he was going to win. And uh it's it's where I saw Obama was going to win. Um as you know, I'm not I wasn't fond of Obama Obama's chart at all. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want him to win, but I could see he was going to win. Yeah. And uh I I was glad when he got out because I just didn't feel he did anything for the country, including that health plan. Yeah. It's it's so hard. It's so hard to prove an existing condition. You know, people that, that have existing conditions, you know, like, you know, I had one time and it, I I couldn't get no funding or no payment, no payment for it. Cause you had to prove it. it. Mine was hard to prove. It was preexisting from, you know, basically birth. So I don't know. It's it's where I think people really what they want is to be able to live a good life. Right. I think they want to be able to appreciate what's happening mm-hmm. in the government, appreciate what's happening with the government for them. You know, it's it's is are you working as you're governing me? Or you're working as you're governing yourself, other countries, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and it's it's where everybody just wants to have a good, healthy life. Maybe be in love, maybe have some money, maybe not have too many worries. And a lot of people are finding that this is very difficult, and so then they they get upset. And today, in 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 the time of Donald Trump coming in, because of all of the um, garbage that has been written, and it's in it's, and it's um, to me it's garbage because I I see him as a good president, but um, the garbage is is they're not doing their job, right? Any of them, mm-hmm. and they work against him, and you know even though I didn't like Obama, they worked with him, exactly. both parties. They might have they might have up, got upset over different things, but they worked with him. This party is not giving Democrats; they're not giving him one opportunity to move where they've got another complaint. I just say, shut up, do your job. Mm-hmm. You've done your investigation. You've tried to ruin him in the first two years, so just give it up, give it up and already. get down to business. Yeah. We're tired of it. Run a country because to heck with us. Well, what has happened is, and I I could see it in the planets, is that tension was constantly rising. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you thought about the politicians, you find that your life has gone up to a very tense level. So what happens when you get tense? You either get angry or you get ill. Mm -hmm. And so too many people have gotten ill, and we've got plenty of reasons to get ill. I mean, they... They do everything under the sun to help us get cancer and heart disease and everything else. And so I really think that um, they just need to settle down because the people need to settle down. Because what happens when the people are uptight, the earth gets uptight. Mm -hmm. And Mother Nature gets uptight. uptight. (laughs) And (laughs) And so it's either blowing wind it's a cyclone, it's a hurricane, it's an earthquake, it's a volcano. Or some of these um, big old 
icebergs out there seem to be melting down. Actually, some of them are growing, so we're not doing anything necessarily drastic. The earth is changing as normal. Mm-hmm. It's just a little more intense right now because we're tense. Mm-hmm. We've got to calm down around the world. I don't know how you can get some of those countries to calm down. Um, you know, between Iran and um, the Saudis and a few others, they don't calm down. North Korea. <laughs> North Korea, well, he's just a nutcase. I've done this outrageous. My God. When you look at his chart, you go, hmm, is he ever going to make a sensible, you know? He, I think he's a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're meeting him, if he likes you, obviously, then you're not in prison. <laughs> but but it's, it's, um, he's a basic nice guy. He just wants to hear music and know basketball players and all this other kind of stuff. But, but... His generals, I think, love to fight. Mm-hmm. And then he's got that mindset of his of his um, past relatives, mm-hmm. father, grandfather, and everybody. So he's got that mindset, oh, I've got to be a dictator at the same time. And and so he's very confused. So you it think, does show his chart. Do you think he genuinely likes Trump? Yes, I do. Mm. I think he really likes Trump. Awesome. And, um, I mean, Trump said that, and you think, well, is, is Trump being a buffoon? No, he really does like Trump. And, um, and they would get along very well if, they, if he didn't have his generals right behind him. And so, you know, there's so many incidences that, that are really kind of comical when you look at the whole world. You think, are you really living in this world, or are we just dreaming, and we're all dreaming the same dream? <laughs> <laughs> and Chip, you've become very quiet when I'm talking about the Democrats. <laughs> well, I'm just—I don't—I don't talk politics that much, at least. I'm—I'm I'm I'm enjoying the talk. <laughs> he must be. You're not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally you pipe in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that Red Bull yeah. kicked in yet. <laughs> no, it hasn't. You know, it's just that that, that kind of day for me. No, it's You're fascinating. Reacting. You're reacting in the moon in Pisces today, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's well, where I'm waiting sort of for my it. sun in Aries, man. That's what I'm waiting for. You know, that's a couple of days away. Well, actually, you'll feel much better, like right around the 17th of April, when some of the other planets get into Aries. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, well, that's nice to know. I I actually think this is going to be a, a a pretty good month for folks. You know, I do. Uh, in many ways, it's just that we've got to start getting that tension level yeah. out of us. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, a lot of people talk spiritual, but, oh, like we're going to sit and we're going to hum and chant or whatever. Or we're going to get a whole hundred or two hundred or three thousand people, you know, sitting here praying. Uh, that's wonderful. However, that really isn't helping the earth. <laughs> <laughs> It's where you need to really... But we're, but we're taking away from the anger. I mean, you yourself said that we've got to start calming down, and people do want to calm down, and about the only way they can calm down is to quiet their minds for 10 to 15 minutes a day. doesn't have to be chanting or meditating or doing hippie kind of stuff, but, you know, we do need them to calm down, and, and, and they can take a, an objective look at their lives and, and find out where they can leap forward for the better. All they gotta do is quit watching CNN and the other news channels. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we, the problem we, uh, is they still tune into all of these people, and they really shouldn't. 
Yeah, they, exactly. They, they should just say, I really don't need this in my life because the world is going to go along anyway. Mm-hmm. And until it comes to voting time, I can't do much anyhow. Yeah, there's really not much you can do. Yeah. You know? yeah, we started watching the Discovery ID, you know, murder shows actually calmed us down from <laughs> politics and news. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the news is nasty stuff, you know. At least the murders got solved by the end of the hour. <laughs> you, know? And, you know, somebody doing something. True. But but you know it's it's where the the people um, really have to understand how much they relate to the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm. If they would step outside, uh, you guys can't do it just yet because of your weather condition. But um, as soon as it warms up, step outside and just step barefoot mm-hmm. on the ground. Mm-hmm. Even if you sit and you just got your feet on the ground and just get very quiet. And then feel the earth. Mm-hmm. You actually can feel the pulse of the earth. Mm-hmm. And it lets you know. Or if you're flying an airplane, look down and you, everything looks like rivers and, and canyons and stuff. But it looks like a body. Mm-hmm. You know, it actually looks like it's running through just like it does in our bodies. So you, you have to really realize we're relating totally to this planet and to the universe. Mm-hmm. And and we, if we calm down and just get going with those inventions and get going and finding a cure to whatever disease it is, um, if we just do little things, to even just if, if we don't have that much influence in our lives uh, with the whole world, so we think, it's just if you get quiet and you go about your day, you don't find a reason to get angry at somebody or hate somebody or or get up so upset that you get unhealthy, then it becomes a quiet time. Mm-hmm. And like the good old days, <laughs> you know, when we used to be nice to each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. I was alive then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's I do miss it. By. Yeah. You know, the, the ironic thing is, you know, you go outside and you walk around and you see people doing kind things to each other all the time. It's just it's not the way that media represents, you know, our towns or cities or countries, no. you know. No. And, and uh, you know, so, yeah, uh, get, getting out is a good thing. Even our know, president but, does kind things, but it's never on our news media. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how many things he does. And he gives up his paycheck to a different charity every single time. Yeah. You know, it's it's quite wonderful that you have someone that is really concerned about the country. And, and, and when I picked Donald Trump astrologically, I didn't know if he was going to be uh, a patriot. You know, I just saw Donald Trump's chart in front yeah. of me. And I saw he was going to win. Now, when I see what he's done versus uh, the criticism of him, it's it's just, I'm saying, like, just let him do the job, and maybe he'll do even more. Mm -hmm. more And if he doesn't, then you can run and try to get elected. You know, just don't don't be nasty. And they're constantly nasty. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's where I look at their charts. I look up all their charts to see what they're made up of. And I go, oh. This one's a manipulator. This one is upset. He isn't, you know, king uh, king of the world. And you go through the list, and then you find the odd nice guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, both parties. I mean, there's some Republicans that 
really, they're not behind the president. They should just quit. And the one in Alaska, she should just go and talk to the moose because he's, you know, I'm not going to talk to her at all. He'll probably just knock her over. But <laughs> it's just, it's just the woman doesn't, she's a part of the Republican Party, but she just slams everything Trump wants to do. Mm-hmm. So I look at their charts and I see where they're at and I'm going, not for long. Yeah. <laughs> Half not the time, for- Nancy doesn't even know what year it is or who the president is. <laughs> No, I mean, sometimes, you know, her chart is really tough. I actually have her chart. I just drift through here for a second. I think I kept it out, hopefully. I don't have it totally. Uh, here we go. Because she didn't give her time out. She probably uses an astrologer, so she didn't give her time out. But she's an Aries, and she's got Moon in Scorpio. So she's a pretty tough cookie. Yeah. Um, I think that if she didn't like you, she could probably slit your throat. (laughs) (laughs) um, That moon in Scorpio would allow her to do it. But um, she she is a manipulator. She's interested in power and money because she's got a bunch of Taurus planets. And um, she does have money. You know, she's got a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder how she got all that money. Mm -hmm. However... She's got a lot of money. But I see where um, her Mars is in Taurus. So that represents her health and her energy. Mm-hmm. So when she's ill, she's slow at recuperating. Mm-hmm. However, there is other things going on in her chart. There are planets that are and have been attacking her chart. So it's all because of the emotions so even though she says a lot and talks a lot, you don't really hear what's bothering her. Right. And so it goes right to the body and it goes to the bloodstream and that comes out into illnesses that um, she has to be careful of, such as heart disease, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. And um, because she's an Aries sun sign, she's got to watch the brain. Wow. It, could, it could be under attack. That's why, you know, the problems that come with her speech. Mm. One, the throat is affected because it's a Taurus and uh, with a Mars energy. And because she's got other planets in Taurus, it's where I think she had problems about, about nine years ago. Mm. She may not have really realized it, but I think that was the beginning of some of her health problems. That's why she, she seems confused, then, probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about her. Well, I'm concerned about her as watching from the chart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where there are planets that exist that she seems to be perky right now, mm-hmm. but there's going to be months that it's not that perky, mm-hmm. and that can really affect the job situation. But she should be worried about her health and get her health together. Right. And some of the people that are really going to run into trouble is Hillary Clinton because her chart is being hit big time um, over the next two years. Um, there's a lot of others that are out there. I mean, Bill is going to be affected if Hillary is affected, oh, but no. um, Hillary is going to have to watch um, not just her health, 
it's it's even more about her status and um, finances. It, it, everything's going to be hit with her. So I'm I know that um, certain people think they're well protected at this time in the leadership roles, but I don't see them staying protected. Meaning, um, are they going to be investigated? Chippy. So ah. there's quite a bit. Yeah. Chuck Chuck Schumer is um, a similar to Nancy in many ways, but he sort of knows when to back off politically. Mm-hmm. He's backed off a little bit. I wasn't surprised, but he, you know, these two people really do like and enjoy power, and they're trying to keep it. Mm-hmm. So I. I'm alert of others. I just do a skim over and see what's happening right. and uh, and see whether I would even like them or not. You know, <laughs> I, I might like them as people, but I maybe don't like them as politicians. <laughs> it's kind of hard to like a re- re- reptilian. So. Um, <laughs> it's, well, that's what they say. I mean, they certainly look at sometimes. Yeah, they do. You know? Especially um, Chucky. <laughs> oh, well, they used to say that... Um, well, I, I'm not going to say it. I won't say it. I'll, I'll, I'll skip the one I was going to say. Because um, he still has too much power. But um, it's where um, I, I you know America's in a better place than what anybody thinks it is. It's a Scorpio rising sign. Mm-hmm. So we're either at war or we're at peace. Or peace, yep. We're either one or the other. And um, thank goodness Donald Trump doesn't like war. So I, I would be more concerned if there's any issues that it might come from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks it's China. China certainly has enough manpower. Um, I just don't believe it's China. I, Not yet, anyway. Um, everything right now over the next six years is more about the Middle East. Um, maybe the UFOs will land just to stir it up a bit. Yeah, Although yeah. apparently there is a village, as one government official stated in, um, from Russia, um, he stated just recently that there is a village um, in Russia which is totally made up of um, aliens. Oh, wow. And he said it off camera, and he didn't appear to be just making up a story. Mm-hmm. He went into too much detail. But there was a ship that um, crashed in Russia uh, a few years back, and um, they didn't say too much about it. They showed the ship, mm-hmm. but um, it looked pretty, I mean, it couldn't go back up in the air, but... Um, there was enough of the ship that you know wasn't anything to do with us. And then they said that there were some aliens that um, were still alive. And then it all became hushed up. Wow. And then all of a sudden this chap says uh, from the Russian government that uh, there's a whole village. Must have been a species of rabbit, I guess. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, he didn't say how big the village was. <laughs> okay. How many there were. 
<laughs> but but it was interesting, you know, um, that he actually admitted that there was a, just a village made up of aliens. Wow. So it reminds you of Zena Henderson's um, sci-fi writings. And uh, it was all about the aliens that had crashed and they stayed in a spot in America. And, and all of a sudden they had a village after a little bit. And they looked something like us, but um, they were just a little bit different. <laughs> and they had very good intuitive powers. And uh, there, she wrote some amazing books in sci-fi. And uh, she, she, it was called The People Know Different Flesh. <laughs> and um, it was really an interesting book. I remembered reading it like a long time ago because my mother was into UFOs. We would have sightings. Um, we lived in a town called, my mother did, uh, in Princeton, Ontario, which is near, um, what would it be that you would know, Hamilton? Mm -hmm. Hamilton, Ontario. Mm -hmm. And um, there would be UFO sightings quite a bit. And my mother kept saying, why don't they land here? <laughs> that's, that's funny. But, and, and the older she got, the more she wanted them to land. <laughs> she didn't want to miss the thing. But uh, after she had passed away, I did do a UFO uh, encounter right in the same area in a very tiny village called Drumbo. And um, the woman had been taken on board. And I don't know if I told you this one, Chip, but she was taken on board and um, she had been sitting at her kitchen table. She had a bit of land in the small town and she was sitting and having a cup of tea, of course, because she was a psychic. And so she's sitting there having her cup of tea alone. And uh, she suddenly saw this light come and come all the way down. It got bigger and bigger and bigger and landed back in her 40 acres. And so she thought it landed. She, she kept thinking, what is that? I mean, she wasn't thinking UFO. She was just more like, what is happening? And all of a sudden, she was in the ship. Wow. And it was a round room, and there was a bunch of other people there. And so she thought, I must be dreaming. And so anyway, they, the ship shoots out into the universe, and suddenly, through the windows, she's looking back at the Earth. And there's this, like, little round dot there, and she goes, I, I really have to be dreaming. She's watching the other people. So anyway, she comes back. Next thing she knows, she's back in her kitchen. So about a month later, she was walking in London, Ontario. And this is why it became more interesting. Mm -hmm. She was walking down the main street, and she's walking with her daughter, uh, doing some shopping. And all of a sudden, another uh, two women started to come towards them to just pass them. And... She thought, oh, this one woman looks familiar. Maybe I know her, right? And so all of a sudden, as she's doing it, and they passed, she's turning to look at the woman who just passed, and the woman is turning to look at her. <laughs> they stopped. They were both in that spaceship. Yeah, that mm -hmm. And so this became one of those third encounters. 
And the only reason I was the one investigating this was because they thought I really should go see this nutcase because she was a psychic. And I thought, well, I'm an astrologer. Is that what you say behind my back? And um, so anyway, I interviewed her and did all the things I was supposed to do. But it really was one of those close encounters. And she said she had no fear. It was just like, what's happening? And then when she realized she had met the woman in London, it was like, oh, it wasn't a dream. I really did experience this. But she never saw an alien at any time. They didn't come into the room. You know, she wasn't aware of them, what they looked like, anything. But she did report it. And I just happened to be the one that got sent out on the job. And... Um, it was it was very interesting watching her and her expressions and what was happening. I mean, I knew it really had happened to her. You just don't doubt it just because she was psychic. Maybe because she was psychic, maybe she was more apt to be able to be taken on the ship. Could very well be, yeah. You don't know. Yeah. I had another woman. I didn't investigate this uh, case because the woman really was upset and the woman um, was driving down a, a, a lonely road. I mean, it's just going back to her home. But it was one of those roads that doesn't have much traffic. And all of a sudden, her car stalled. But she had just seen this light coming towards her and her car. And next thing she knows, she's in a ship. Wow. And she, they're doing all kinds of tests on her. And... She all of a sudden found herself back in the car. And this was quite a span of time. And and nobody drives down this road. You know, very seldom cars come down it. So um, she, you know, obviously no one questioned the car being right in the middle of the road. (laughs) And so all of a sudden she comes back to the car, just wakes up in the seat and thought, what happened But all of a sudden, she was very, very frightened because she knew she had gone out of the car because the clock on the car was letting her know how much time had passed. And um, she got very upset. She did report it because she didn't know who they were. I mean, she saw them and, and they weren't quite human. I mean, they were shaped like us, but they weren't human. And um, she got very, very upset. But next thing you know, um, after she reports it, she got so much nasty publicity. Oh, like this this woman really saw a UFO person got taken up and they made fun of her. Um, some other good reporters got to her. This was in another town in Canada. And they got to her and they talked to her. But she finally quit giving interviews because after she got back in the car, she had started to get sick. And she never quit getting sick. And um, she just couldn't handle all the pressure. Hmm. And so um, she wouldn't do any more interviews. I've got the case. I still have all the details on the case. Um, I connected with some other UFO people, that uh, researchers that we got together. And they'd come on my shows and they'd tell me even more stories. And I'd get to meet more of the people that had the experience. But this was not a good experience. This one was absolutely frightening from her viewpoint. Mm-hmm, 
because yeah. of the testing. Yeah. But she never could get over it. Oh. So it was very difficult. So I've had yeah. some funny experiences in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly not, not dull. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did, did you find any specific kind of correlation between uh, reports that ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, they felt uh, good about the experience or positive about it or at least not negative about it, as opposed to people that were terrified, traumatized, and reported only uh, negative or whose health suffered, uh, like this uh, last example you gave? The one, the only one that I really had that was that negative was this particular woman. Interesting. Yeah. But um, the rest of them, there was one chap, he was a band leader, and he was driving along another road, but it was more like a highway, but he had his car stopped because he had pulled over, but he was still running, and he was looking at this light that was coming like right down the center of the highway. And so he said... All of a sudden, my car just felt like it was blowing up, and he said it quit, but he, he said it really quit. I mean, it was quit with a bang, and he could never get the car started again, but wow. he, um, he <clears throat> said, I don't know whether I was taken or not. I lost time. Okay. And, and he said, I was never afraid of anything, but I just lost time. Hmm. I actually had him on a show. And I had him tell his story, and it was it was a lot of fun because he made it fun, and and it was where um, he said he had to actually get his car towed after he got a ride from someone that took him to the next town, and then come back and get the car, and he said I couldn't believe what happened to my car. Wow! And so he said, I mean, it just wouldn't start, and so finally, after much money, it did start. But um, he said the experience so blew his mind away. As he said, I know I've lost time, but I don't remember what happened. Hmm. It's almost like a time slip he went into, right? Yeah. So, I, I, but it was a good story. I mean, I knew that it really did happen. He had witnesses with him. Oh, wow. They were all part of it. Yeah. And so, but a lot of people, they're not, um, they're not afraid you know, they mm -hmm. they are more curious than anything else. I mean, if they came out shooting, <laughs> I guess it would be a problem. <laughs> <Right. laughs> but they they don't seem to have that many negative experiences. I think I think it's depending on how we're conditioned. Right, right. Well, that you know, there were uh, some had a uh, somebody on uh, about a month and a half ago. Uh, from the yeah, Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation, uh, it's called the Free Foundation for mm -hmm. Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. Um, they did a survey of uh, 4,000 people worldwide, but they allowed for both objective and subjective answers, so they could open-ended questions, for example, in addition to like, you know, multiple choice uh, answers and things like that, so they could get all sides of the people's story. They had anonymity, so they didn't have to worry about it. And, you know, they were very uh, thoroughly screened because like you say, and, and we've mentioned it here too, you talk to certain people and you just know there's something off about the story that they're telling. Mm -hmm. And you talk to certain people and you can see them almost relive these things as they tell the story 
you know. Chip, you even had you even had an, an experiencer on your show, didn't you? I've had a few. Yeah. 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 Oh, the hybrids, experiencers, uh, abductees, uh, mm-hmm. you know. But they they did, uh, and, and it's all walks of life, all religious beliefs, you know, all different kinds of jobs, and and you know, we were talking about psychics, you know, uh, and empaths, and and. You know, we see some commonality with some of that because it's the empaths and the psychics who who will go on video and talk about their <laughs> encounters more than a police officer would or a nurse or a doctor, you know. Right. Uh, generally speaking. So it, it's really all walks of life, you know, uh, all socioeconomic statuses, all countries and all over the world, you know, and all different people. But, uh, of course, there are certain things where somebody's, uh, alone in their house, and they see these uh, uh, beings, if you will, <laughs> behind them in their periphery, and they think that it's it's robbers, you know, that are coming to do a home invasion, and so naturally they're extremely traumatized. Who wouldn't be if they're all alone in their house, you know, and and uh, seeing or hearing things running around. <laughs> You know, and that's uh, and and uh, some of those cases, you know, they're they're still post-traumatic stress yeah. about that, even though you know. Uh, but they they said about seventy-six percent of all surveyed ultimately ended up p- positive, even if they weren't positive at first. Some people, you know, were paralyzed in like mid-air, and right. naturally, you know, that's not a pleasant experience. But uh, they might have had healings done on them of some kind. So, you know, uh, as they came to terms with all this, they said, you know what, you know, I, I feel better now than, than I did, but it scared me to death, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of a neutral and about 7% of the answers ultimately from this um, massive survey were negative, like the, uh, uh, the, the, the woman. And, and a lot of those stories are similar. Oh, we've had people who have been used in like breeding programs, you know. Uh, ab- ab- basically abducted, impregnated against their will, you know, uh, and then uh, br- brought back to uh, give birth to whatever they gave birth to. And and then, you know, boom, they're back in their living rooms. And who are they going to tell, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it, I think just like anybody, uh, any anybody's personal experience, depending on what it is, you know, and, and what their attitudes or beliefs or or preconceptions are would really depend on uh, their their outcome you know in retrospect but it's just interesting that you know <laughs> it, it really aligns with what Dana said you know the mm-hmm. you know uh, the, the negative experiences which are generally the ones that we hear about over and over again you know are, are really the the minority of situations and that's just uh, interesting uh, about that. I do have to ask, uh, I know you're going to comment, but did you do March Madness this year? March Madness? Uh, yeah, the college basketball thing. No. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Obviously, See, I didn't know what you were talking about. It could have about. been really popular, you know, this March no, Madness. No, I didn't. I, I haven't done sports in about two years. Um, I just got away from it. You know, we got legalized uh, legalized gambling, uh, basically, you know, over sports. So, <laughs> well, I you can't know, you win. Can. I mean, God, I had one <laughs> client, I told her to go on a cruise uh, that she wanted to do. And I said, oh, yeah, go. And, and it's one of those gambling cruises, right? She said, yeah. 
I said, "Oh, I'll give you the I'll give you the exact times to gamble gamble to win money, and and good money, and uh, and but I want ten percent." <laughs> there you it's go. Reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So she won seventy eight thousand dollars on the cruise. Whoa! Did I get a dime? No. No. Yeah, of so she called about a month later going on another cruise and wanted to know when. And I said, well, I haven't got the money from the first one. That's so right. forget it. It'll cost you 7800 bucks. Hey, I'm going man. on a casino trip next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He, oh, and Timmy will gladly take your advice. <laughs> I mean, it shows you when you can win. I just have a chart that isn't any good for gambling. You know, so yeah. I do it with the... Uh, the percentages uh, with the football guys that bet. So, and I did that for a long time, but you just sort of get away from it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, sure. It's, no, I could, I could get that. You know, I could understand. That. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I think I should go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, but, it just seems like the timing could be right because a, you know, they're, they're, they're legalized sports betting. You know, we're coming into this uh, really new juncture where it'll be even more popular. It'll be easy for you, you know, to get uh, to get your own program and make a fortune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking of those things. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just, just trying to decide what I'm going to do, you know. Yeah, well, there's so many different things that you do do. So. Yeah. And uh, I've got to decide which direction I'm going and and then I'll do it. But. Um, I decided that I knew that retrograde was going to be in March mm-hmm. and had some good ideas. And I thought, no, I'm not doing that one. Right. And um, I'm probably going to wait till May before yeah, I was- get going differently because I've got to line up things different on my website. Right. Show things different and then decide whether I'm doing YouTube or podcasts or podcasts in YouTube and whether I want to go there. Um I decided, do I want to do a show again? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I obviously like doing shows, but mm-hmm. I just I just haven't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's where, you know, I'm going to go back to the UFO thing for, for just a minute. Only Absolutely. Be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it depends on where they're coming from. Do they come from this universe? Do they come from... Time travel. Mm-hmm. You know, when my son passed away, it was, um, you know, where where do you go? What happens to you as a soul, right. as the person that you were? And he actually came back and said, I'm just an arc of light away. Wow. So we think of quantum science mm-hmm. and all the innuendos that can be there with quantum science and the, and how each time runs into each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you can go back 2000 years you can go forward 2000 years or whatever the time limit is and it would be conceivable that they could come through that arc sure well, we were actually it, just talking about that with a fellow named dr claude swanson uh, uh two, last night on Kindness beyond the veil, yeah, <laughs> shameless self-promotion there. Right. Uh, but he's talking about, and he used, utilized uh, something that uh, was originated in the 1920s and 30s in Russia, uh, closer to the 40s, I guess, 
from a, a guy named Kazarev who talks about these torsion energy fields. He was studying, they, they locked up their scientists in concentration camps for about 11 years and he had, you know, had a lot of time to think and meditate and stuff. And he was actually looking at, at bacteria and the growth of bacteria and found that they were growing in perfect spirals. And that's when it kicked in that there's this spiraling force, you know, you know, energy, frequency, vibration. Right. Um, this spiraling force, he called them torsion fields. Uh, and it kind of, and because because it's a force. Whoops. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I just lost okay. my display. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, because it's a force that really is uh, kind of a subtle energy. Uh, he found that it could go faster than light. So when it goes, it it um, it can go back and forth in time, basically, because if it goes faster than light, it's going slower than time. If it goes under light speed, it's going, you know. Uh, so all that kind of inadvertently explains what you just said. She's still yeah. with us, right? Oh, yeah. 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 That's no, weird I how that shifted, the Skype. Huh. Yeah, interesting. That's I don't funky. know why. There's that shift. See the size. Yeah, that's weird. Uh -huh. that's woo, woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> that is weird how that display went. Wow. Yeah. So and, you know, I just it, I just think that um, it's you know, one time I had a healing, and uh, I I mean it was a fabulous healer, I, one of the best. I I wish he was still around. Um, it, it was um, where he actually never touched my body. He was just like maybe 12 inches above the body. And he ran his hand from my head to my toes and ran it back. And then he stopped right in the area, uh, in the chest area, where I was very, very ill. would have required major surgery, which could have killed me. And so um, he said, just stay quiet. And um, I I was just laying on this table like they do in hospitals. And um, I was just laying there. And he kept his hand over me. I said, how did you know to stop in that area? And he said, because you're a different temperature when I ran my hand up and down. So I knew this was where you were ill. Wow. And I okay. I said, wait a minute. Down at the end of this table, um, I see a bunch of people. He said, you can see people? I said, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, there's a bunch of them. And then there's these people in strange green robes, which I can't see who they are. There's just a little slit from the eyes. And I said, uh, they're walking up alongside. Two of them are walking up on my right side, and one's about to walk through you. And um, he said, all right, so you can see. So whatever you see, just know it's psychic surgery, and don't worry about it. Just stay calm. So I said, okay. However, um, he said, the rest of the people are your guides and my my guides. I said, well, we've got a bunch of them. And so, anyway, I stayed calm. But all of a sudden, I saw my lungs 
flying up overhead in the air. And I said, um, listen, I said, my lungs are flying in the air. What does that mean? He said, well, you're being fixed. So just stay calm. I said, well, they better put him back in. <laughs> I, I would said, like to breathe after this. <laughs> I said, I know that I know that um, um, I don't feel anything, but they're up in the air. He said, just relax. So I started to get really tired, and um, I started to not pay as much attention as to what was going on in the room. And I... I don't know whether I closed my eyes or not, but all of a sudden I realized they were walking away and going back down to the end of the table. And all of a sudden I saw him taking his hand away. And I said, I looked first up in the air to see if my lungs were still hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't see them. So I said, how did you know to quit? He said, you're now the same temperature as the rest of your body. Huh. And so they fixed you. And wow. I said, well, no doctor could fix me, so I don't know how they did it. He said, well, they were the surgeons from the other side. And I said, I want to know the other side of what, because <laughs> I, I want to know, you know. But he said, well, I just can't explain it, but they are from the other side. And anyway... Um, there was a lump on my chest, and it wasn't cancer. It was a different kind of lump that they would have had to take out my lungs anyway uh, in real life, and I probably would have died. So that's what the doctors told me. So um, anyway, I I slept for almost a solid week in my home after I got back home, and I got up one day, and I thought, I'm not in pain anymore because I was in tremendous pain. And I I opened my shirt up, and the lump wasn't there anymore. And I never had it since. And But when I got back to bed, because I was still tired, all of a sudden, I saw one of the doctors in the room. Hmm. And he must have been standing there anyway. But um, I just saw him at that point. He just nodded to me. I couldn't see his face, just his eyes again, but I knew he was smiling. I just knew he was smiling. And and so they actually cured me. And I sent this uh, psychic many, many healer. I'm going to call him a healer. I sent him many, many clients. And it, it finally it was just old age that took him away. But um, uh, he, he healed so many people. It was just quite incredible. But he did bring the doctors in. They had, I, I could see them. So I wonder, did they come from just another phase of living and come through to heal me? Oh, did neat. you have that ability to do it? You know, referred to it as more as the other side, where he meant wherever we go after we drop dead. But <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, it's where... I'm more curious as to where we really go. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he did have some explanations. Uh, yeah. Dr. Claude Swanson, he's got a, a book called All the Afterlife and the Shift, mm-hmm. uh, which is just released. And, and yeah, we, we did talk about that a bit because, uh, again, once, once you get these little subtle energies that 
can tie into really uh, the energy of anything that radiates energy, including uh, living people, including our thoughts, our feelings, um, and get tied up into this little uh, physical energy, this subtle energy that really gives consciousness almost a universally wide kind of energy form. Uh, and because of that, and there's so much distance involved, and you were talking about, you know, UFOs and, and where do these where do these extraterrestrials come from? Are they from a different universe, a different galaxy, a different solar system? Either way, the time involved is so vast if we follow our current standard model of physics that it, it's just impossible. But when you have these subtle energies and include that include consciousness as an energy form, and if it if it's going faster than light, it would have to be going backwards in time. If it's going near light speed, and going greatly forward, and, and within these subtle energies, there is this these shifts in time, and that's why they can warp space and warp time, uh, warp gravity, warp electromagnetism. Um, so you could be in. The, the the real uh, conundrum is, you know, if you're seeing us us uh, uh, this doctor, right? If you if you see them visually like you did, and know that this doctor was you know had passed away at least in physical form, are you seeing his actual doctor, but in a time warp? Are you seeing the spirit of this doctor? You know, or these uh, these extraterrestrials from great distances. You know, did they will themselves here, where where time is no longer of any consequence because of these energies, and they're so far advanced that they know that, and it'll take us fifty to a hundred years to catch up with that sort of thing at minimum. Um, you know, and the, and that that's the real question. You know, but it 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 is ultimately about energy more than anything else. You know, both with light energy and and these subtle forms of of consciousness energy, you know that because they can manipulate the speed beyond our current understanding or uh, standard agreement, uh, they can they can get across time barriers and things like that. You know, I I think in many ways it's much more simpler than that, but um, I do know from astrology is that you don't die. Mm-hmm, As people, even Nancy Reagan said to me, when am I going to die? And I go, oh, you don't want to know. Never. You know, it's like, right. it, it's, and, and I said, I'm not going to tell you because you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's a point of when people die, it shows up very differently in their charts. And a lot has to do with their, their whole consciousness factor meaning that they want to die or not at that time. Um, are they in an accident? I mean, I can see accidents. I can see illnesses. But it doesn't mean you have to die in that time frame. A lot goes back to your consciousness as whether you're really wanting to go, whether you realize it or not. You know, it's, it's where what you've done in this lifetime is what you had to do in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, those were your goals. And um, uh, it, it's where all of a sudden you pass away. And what next? Well, I think there really is a plan as to what, what's next. Mm-hmm. And um, you get choices. Mm-hmm. 
you get choices of what you want to do or you don't want to come back here. Maybe you want to go somewhere else. Yeah. But, um, Guilty. I think, I think all of those things that we see and, and understand through quantum science, which is there's so many different worlds that should exist, I think that's where some of our choices lie. All right. Mm-hmm. Go there. We can go there. Yeah. Um, I think that that this universe is much smaller than what we think it is, mm-hmm. and much vaster in consciousness. But it's it's where I think that um, because I can't and I don't want to, I can. If I know somebody is dying, like when I knew President Reagan was dying finally because he was you know, threatening so many different times. Now it came down to the works. And I knew that it was within so many hours, and I just sort of watched his chart. And I told Nancy at that time that um, it's going to be very soon, but I want you, want you to do is hold his hand and talk to him. Because... He's going to want that because he's got a message for you just before he leaves. Because I could tell he wanted to say something. And so he did. And and that was wonderful for her. Mm. But um, he died just within like 10 minutes of when I thought he would. Wow. But um, it's, it's where some of us know when we're going to die. You don't need an astrologer. Right, yeah. It's just you know this is your time. Mm -hmm. And then some of us don't because maybe we're going out on a bigger scale. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through an accident and just get the heck out of this world at this time. Or maybe drop dead on a plane crash or something. (laughs) Um, it's, It's where they come, you come back for reasons and, and, uh, maybe even, uh, the, the death is another choice of teaching somebody else something that you're leaving here. Right. Yeah. They've got to go through grief or they've got to go through anger or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 Speaking so of I time, think, uh, Dana, we're, we're going to yeah. be uh, out of time here shortly. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I want to tell you that it's been a phenomenal show. And we're just, <laughs> we're just touching the... Uh, we're just you know getting into... The, the bread meat of this thing, and uh, you know, I welcome you back at some point. But uh, I want to mention that this Saturday, September sixth, is our annual Butler Paranormal Conference in Lindor, PA, at the uh, Tanglewood Center. Uh, we have some very special guests, uh, uh, John Tenney being one of them from Ghost Talkers. He's going to be a guest speaker there. Uh, the event runs from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. At the uh, seniors at the Tanglewood uh, Center here in Lindor, Pennsylvania. So it's going to be a great time. That sounds like fun. Yeah, sure does. Yeah, I love it. I love different speakers. I mean, so many of them, you know, have so much to contribute, and uh, it, they're very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what they're saying, whether you agree <laughs> with them or not, it's, right. it's always a new concept. Yeah. The, the local MUFON group and. Uh, uh, Brian Seach's uh, group, Crypto's, the, his cryptozoology team, he and his wife are going to be sponsoring it, as they do every year. So it's going to be a fun time. 
Oh, good. Gosh. Do you know we have great UFO spots out here? I wow. mean, seriously. Wow. There, there is Integatron, mm. cool. uh, where the man built this one building with the uh, uh, plans that people from, well, I'm going to say people, aliens, <laughs> from Venus gave wow. to him. And Howard Hughes put up the money to build the Integatron. Wow. And it wow. actually heals Ooh. this building. But uh, one of the, the uh, top um, uh, scientists came and looked at the building and he said, actually, he felt, because it looks like almost like a UFO when you look at it from a distance, it, it says he felt that if, it actually, if the man had actually got everything done in the building and he was at the point that he was going to turn it on, and, and somehow he just happened to die as he's about to turn this on. And the Air Force, uh, in fact, the Armed Forces knew about it, but um, they never really believed him, but they, their uh, equipment would quit whenever he tried to put it on. And so he was about to turn this on. They knew everything about it. It was built on a huge water vortex. Mm. And... Um, what happened is he died, and then immediately um, the armed forces came in and took major equipment out of this building. They just left the shell. Wow! And um, it was it, this this particular scientist said he honestly felt after looking at all the plans and what was there versus what isn't there now that if it was made back into the same structure as he had made it, that it actually, when you turned it on, it probably could fly. Wow. Chip, you got any closing comments for the show? Uh, just to, you know, that, uh, I, I really, I really love Dana Haynes. <laughs> uh, and and uh, check out her website, uh, danahaynes.com. That's D-A-N-A -A for Dana. Uh, H-A-Y-N-E-S for Haynes, danahaynes.com. Anywhere else we could reach you, Dana? Well, um, if they don't get it there, then they go to astrologyworldnews.com, or they could call me. Oh, cool. At 760-288-1951. If I don't answer, just leave a message. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Very yeah. cool. Well, you know I'll be calling because, you know, <laughs> I, I always enjoyed talking with you. Oh, we always had so uh, much fun. Yeah. I've got so many stories. I don't even remember <laughs> half of them. You know, you guys remind me of different ones as we're talking, but it could go on and on and on. Okay. Well, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Quickest two hours of radio. You know? <laughs> it always is. <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. It's like time flies when we're having fun. Well, oh, it's, it's good uh, talking to both of you. Oh, we, 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 well. we love this. Thank you so much. Very, <laughs> very, very fun. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. We'll do it again. But, you know, I don't I don't need an astrology chart to tell you that my New York Giants are going to suck again this year. But uh, <laughs> oh, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 would, I would just like to say, how is your wife doing, Chip? She's doing good, you know. We're 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 feeling the five D, you know, and and that's been good for her. 
you know. Right. She's uh, still got some aches and pains, but she's doing good. You know, yeah. I'm very proud of her. Very great, proud. great. What sign? What sign are you, Tim? Um, Libra, September twenty sixth. Uh, oh, you just squeaked in there. Yeah. September twenty sixth. You're going through a lot of changes. September, yeah. Wow. I kind of what feel them. Were you, what time were you born? I'm not even sure. <laughs> Pardon? I'm not sure. Sometime, I guess, uh, maybe early morning, mid mornings. Not real sure. Is it on your? Where were you born? Uh, Butler, PA. So it could be on your birth certificate. Mm, okay. So you got to check that out. And, uh, but I do, I just know by your sun sign, you're going to be going through a lot of changes for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. I can't really tell where they are, right. only because I don't have your birth time. Mm-hmm. But um, just knowing that you're the Libra, all these Capricorn planets relate to, very much to what you're doing, how are you going to do it when you're going to do it. And so if you've got new plans that you um, are hoping to uh, get off the ground, a lot of the things that you should do is really set everything in motion this year so that when Jupiter gets into Capricorn in December, it will catalyst you more. Ooh. Wow. And so it ends up being better for you. Whether it's whether you have to make a move or not okay. depends on um, on that birth time. But right. even if you have to make a move, it would work for you. Okay, Dan, you want to stick around with us for a few minutes after the show? We gotta we gotta uh, give this server to okay. Michael to Michael uh, Vare for uh, late right. night in the Midlands. The great Michael Vare, as a matter of fact, who's late night in the Midlands. Uh, awesome show is up next. And good oh, night, everybody. God bless. And uh, Thursday. Michael Sears is going to join us. So awesome. From Volunteer Paranormal, sir, uh, Volunteer Paranormal team, he's going to join us and talk about the paranormal. Uh, that's Thursday, seven to nine p.m. Eastern, right here on WCET FM. Good night, everybody. God bless and have a great day. Good night. Yeah, thanks for listening. We love y'all. All right. Listening to WCT.FM, talk radio like no other.